Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. No. <laughs> so the scriptures will be on the screen for you. And uh, today I believe um, we're continuing with the series which is entitled A Life of Praise. And uh, Etienne asked me to share on prayer, and uh, I realized before we get into prayer, we have to talk about purpose, because you pray according to your purpose. If I just share on the importance of prayer and a bunch of things with prayer, then you're going to come with your shopping list and pray. And I realized, like, we need to talk about purpose before we talk about prayer. So I'm only talking about purpose today, and uh, Etienne will continue on with whatever is on his heart um, regarding um, this uh, series of A Life of Praise. But I believe a lot of questions that you might have will be answered today. Um, and so, you know, it might not even be according to the topic. Uh, uh, so we'll see what comes out of it. But think about what is Christianity all about for a moment. Okay? What is Christianity all about? When we look at um, uh, church today, not just Grace Life, but worldwide, when we look at um, uh, uh, what are the most popular messages on YouTube? Church, Christian messages, uh, sermons, uh, on whatever platform you listen to things. You know, what are the most popular? Like, you know, we, we, we do a lot of online stuff on YouTube and Facebook and things like that. And, and, um, and so I, I've, I had to learn a tool thing about what you entitle things, you know, what you call things. And we have to be very clever when it comes to that, and even shundai a little bit to think up like clever, catchy titles that will draw people in. Why? Because if you call it what it is, sometimes people aren't interested. Okay? Because uh, the, the, the sad reality is, is that um, the, what's sometimes necessary for growth, uh, we, we don't want to hear because we're busy with something else in our life. You know, what's more important right now? Well, I've got a problem in my finances, so I want to study out finances. I've got a, an issue in my marriage, or I've got an issue in relationships, so I'd rather look at that. Or, you know, I've, I need healing. And those are important things. So you want to know what the Bible says and what's on God's heart regarding those things. But, you know, there, there's, if you read Genesis to uh, Revelation, there's something else at work that we've also got to uh, uh, get into, and that is systematically laying foundations for maturity. Okay, we've got to grow up, and we've got to grow up towards something. And so, you know, one of the problems in the church is really that uh, doctrine is often avoided by believers. Doctrine is often avoided by believers, what we believe as in doctrine. And uh, we rather pick and choose things that interest us. What are you interested in today? I'm interested in, and you just go and Google it and you listen to that. And, um, and, you know, that, that's not going to produce maturity. Maturity is about being well-rounded, not just knowledgeable in what you're interested in. Maturity is about being well-rounded, not just knowledgeable in what you're interested in. Okay? So I want to ask the question of what's your purpose, what's your destiny? Okay, we're going to be talking about your birthright today. And I'll explain what that is in a moment. But 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says... This will be, this is a key scripture for us, I believe, as a ministry. But it says, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So this is the desire and purpose of God. Amen? 
What is God's desire and what is His purpose? That all men be saved and come to a, a knowledge of the truth. Go look it up in the Amplified. I like how it puts it there. Okay? But this is God's will. Okay? The purpose and the plan of God for our lives is found in His purpose and His plan for, for the earth. So your purpose and your, God's purpose for you as an individual is found in that verse. Okay? It's found in that specific verse. Now let's, uh, let's get into it. If we, we, we have to start off in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. Okay? And uh, it's basically a book about two people. And I don't want you to shout out who you think those two people are, because some of you will say Adam and Eve. It's not. They're not throughout the whole book, right? It's about, it's a book about two people. It's about Adam and Abraham. They take up the majority of the airtime in, in the book of Genesis. And it shows the difference between Adam and Abraham, if you study it out carefully. Where Adam failed to believe God, this starts to be corrected in Abraham's life. Because a message was presented to Adam and Adam failed to believe it. How do we know that? Adam's not mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. So Abraham is. Adam isn't mentioned as the father of faith. Why? Because he had none. He, he didn't choose to believe. He chose to disbelieve. <laughs> unbelieve. He, he, un, he didn't believe God. He, he ate from the wrong tree. Okay? So, so we're going to get into this. If you look in... Uh, um, Genesis chapter 4, there's no ver uh, 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 verses specifically for this, but in Genesis chapter 4, we see the effects of what Adam did. In Genesis chapter 6, we see this problem starting to grow. Okay, In Genesis chapter 11, we see the growth of the problem to a point where people can no longer acknowledge God and are totally sold out to idolatry. Okay, Then in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham or Abram in the beginning. And he's presented by his faith in God. He, what does that mean? He's only holding on to what God said. Okay? So Genesis chapter 12, let's look at this. Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to 4. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. And I'll make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. A lot of us take that verse, and we claim it for our lives, but there's a context to it. Okay? There's a context to it. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee all the families, uh, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So there you can see God's desire. All families of the earth be blessed. Okay, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. So Abraham gave the word of the Lord first place and priority. Adam didn't. Okay, Adam did not. God is now beginning to do righteousness through Abraham. And what got him that righteousness? Abraham's right, what, what got him right standing was God. Believing, faith. Okay? So, uh, Abraham's believing in what God was doing was counted to him as 
righteousness. Okay, Genesis 15 verse 6 says, And he believed the Lord and it counted to him for righteousness. The same thing is true of you. When we believe, it's counted to us for righteousness. Not when we do right, but when we believe in what God is doing. When we believe His message. Okay? Now, we, I, I, I made sure, I'm so thankful that ESCOM came on now. I had the, the PDF ready to send you my, uh, my scriptures because, you know, I don't want to lose you. You won't, you won't be able to keep up with me with your, your finger flipping or your swiping. Because there's a lot of verses we need to get into to see this in the Word. Okay? And I can just take one little part and share that with you. And some of you will only take one little part from what I'm sharing and, 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 and it'll bless you and that's fine. But there's a lot of meat in what we want to talk about. So we're going to go to a number of places. Genesis chapter 12, verse 5. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance, say substance, that they had gathered. What do you think substance means? Wealth, possessions, stuff. Okay? So he took all their wealth and the souls of them that had gotten in Haran. What does that mean? <laughs> They're slaves, yeah. Okay, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And unto the la into the land of Canaan they came. So Abraham had substance. Abraham had servants. Abraham had wealth before God called him. Before God called him. God doesn't call you so that you can have wealth. God doesn't call you so that you can have substance. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is bigger than that. Okay, some of you will be disappointed because some of your favorite teachings are going to be discredited here. Genesis chapter 12 verse 3. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee all shall all the families of the earth be blessed. You know what God is saying here? I will save you, and I want to work through you to save others. That's what he's saying here. I will save you, and I'm going to work through you to save others. That's our call too. So the covenant is to save us and reach the world through us. That's the agreement. God is telling Abraham, I will work my plan for salvation for the whole earth through you. Okay? Next, John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to think about it. Don't answer it out loud. What is son? We're going to look at that in a bit. What is son? Okay? Because the, the idea of sonship is throughout the Bible, right? Everyone's heard of sonship. But I, I don't know if we've, we, we've all got a complete picture of what sonship looks like. So we'll get there. Okay? Because sonship is part of your purpose. Sonship is part of your destiny. But you know what we tend to do? Is think sonship is sitting on the couch and being able to go to the fridge whenever we want and have what we, what we feel like we need. And that's part of it, right? If you're hungry, I feed you, William. Huh? <laughs> He's my son, so I look after him. And the other one, Elliot. <laughs> so there is an area of sonship, but, but there's something more significant in that. Okay, Abraham's role in the earth is to announce God's promise of salvation. Jesus wasn't a new idea. 
Jesus' message was not a new idea in Matthew, in, in, in Mark, in Luke, and John. That, that, it, it wasn't a new idea. From Genesis, God had the same plan. From the beginning, He had the same plan. And He speaks the same plan all the way through. Okay? He who does not accept this message shall be condemned. He who uh, accepts this message shall be saved. We see that throughout the Bible. That, that's in um, Matthew, Mark, what's it? Mark chapter 16. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Whoever does not believe shall be condemned. Okay? It doesn't say if you don't be baptized, you're condemned. It says if you don't believe, you're condemned. If you believe, you're saved. Okay? But what it's saying, that echoes what we read. Uh, um, whoever blesses you shall be blessed, and whoever curses you shall be cursed. So you can see the Bibles linking up from Genesis or from the Old Testament part of our Bibles to the New Testament part of our Bibles. You're going to see a lot of that today. Genesis chapter 22, verse 18. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now if we do a, a deeper study, which I'm not going to do because this is deep enough, the voice there is message. It's not what you're hearing now. When we read in the Bible voice, it's not talking about what you hear. It's talking about a message. And when it speaks about obedience, we, we need to renew our minds to what does it mean to obey the voice or the message. Obey is believe. What did Adam not do? He didn't believe. He didn't obey. What did Abraham do? He believed. He obeyed. Okay, so that's a simple explanation of it. But this is saying that if we obey His voice, if we believe His message, what happens? All nations of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham accepted God's ordained role. So did Jeremiah, so did Isaiah, so did a lot of the big boys in the Bible you'll see in a minute. Genesis chapter 26, verse 4. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of, the, of heaven and I will seed all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed okay now let's answer this question i'm not kicking the bucket it's just figure it just uh there's no uh symbolism in that <laughs> let's see what what is the physical seed of abraham okay it's israel what is israel some of you are going to learn this today or relearn this. Okay, Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. So look at that. Who is God's son? <laughs> so we're going to have to understand what, what it means when it says son, right? Because we, we think God's son is Jesus. I hope I'm confusing you a little bit now because I'm going to answer it. Okay. Uh, 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 so Israel is my son, even my firstborn. If you look in the um, uh, chapter 4, verse 23, it says, And I say unto thee, let my son go. Who's his son? Israel. That he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. So who is a son? Who is a son? Obviously, in their world, in their language, when the Bible was written, this idea of S-O-N was different to what we have here. William and Elliot are my sons, 
But in the context of what we're reading here, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Okay, so son was a builder of the family or a builder of the family name. Son means fruitful or servant. You cannot understand why Jesus came until you understand uh, 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 why Israel was called. And we understand, we're going to look at it in the, in, in the word in a bit, but this is the promise, this is the plan, this is the purpose, this is God's intention. Okay? Israel is God's prophet. God, is, God destined Israel, the, 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 the physical seed of Abraham, to be his spokesperson in the earth. But what happened? They became self-focused. And they thought they were special. To be special. But they were special because they were supposed to be a spokesperson. A spokesperson tells a message to someone. Okay, they don't tell the message to themselves and celebrate something for themselves. They take a message somewhere. Okay? Yeah, this idea of a spokesperson is in the New Testament. In many different uh, forms and fashions, but one of the ways is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. You're an ambassador of Christ. You're a spokesperson for Christ. Okay? So, you know, this is the predestination of believers is to be his spokesperson this is god's purpose his desire but we accept it or we reject it okay son is someone who represents or reflects the character or a deity or a person okay so son the 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 son of god in this verse is israel because they're representing god jesus is God's son because he's got a purpose that he's fulfilling. Okay? Firstborn is another word in, the, in there. Even thy firstborn. What does firstborn mean? It doesn't mean William. Because the language there means something different to the language of firstborn today. He's my firstborn son. But when God says, my firstborn son, what does he mean? He means something different in the Bible. So what I'm trying to show you is that if we want to grow up, <laughs> we have to study the Bible and understand context, understand what it's talking about, and not just take things at the superficial level of our understanding of our culture today. Because otherwise we're never going to grow anywhere. We're just going to grow into confusion and deception. Hosea 11 verse 1. When Israel was a child, now, <laughs> think about it. Think about what he's saying here. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and I called my son out of Egypt. The whole nation of Israel, men and women, are called son. So, son has nothing to do with gender. That's why, I mean, the new, new translations of the Bible... Add in son and daughter in Romans chapter 8. New, new translations of the Bible try and kind of become more inclusive. Why? Because they don't understand sonship. And so they think that it's just because of archaic kind of, uh, uh, um, what did you call that? Chauvinism and all of that kind of stuff. But it's not. An incorrect understanding of sonship has caused us to say, we are all God's sons and daughters. And we are all God's sons and daughters. 
But get gender out of your mind in this respect, Norman. <laughs> because you're, we are all sons. What does that mean? We all carry His purpose. We all carry His purpose. We all represent Him. Okay? A son is one who takes over the throne and inheritance and continues the plan and purpose. So this is the sonship that we are born again into. Israel was to carry out God's work and ministry on the earth. Israel had a purpose which they rejected. Okay? So what is God's plan? What is God's work in the earth? You can see it in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. You can see it in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to 28. If you want to go and look at it there. But Israel's function was to carry out the Great Commission on the earth, but they failed because of unbelief. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. And who was it who rebelled against God? Even though they heard His voice. What's voice? Message. Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when He took an oath that they would never enter His rest? Was it the people who disobeyed Him? What's disobeyed? Not believe. So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter His rest. So Israel as a nation despised and rejected God's purpose for them. Okay? They despised and rejected their birthright. Okay? In culture, firstborn male child was the one to inherit the responsibility and the authority of the father, to, re to inherit the, the property, the possessions, for a purpose. Okay? And we, can see, we see in God's narration, okay? if you look through Genesis, uh, or from Genesis all the way through to Malachi, we see something very interesting. Okay? It was not usually the firstborn. We see that it was Abel, not Cain. We see that it was Isaac, not Ishmael. Jacob, not Esau. Joseph, not Reuben. So God is counterculture. With His own purpose. God is declaring that His children are by faith, not by birth. Okay, so that's why we as believers are Israel. Not a nation, not a, a, a people, a, 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 a people group specifically. The church is Israel. Okay? It's the believers that are the sons. And the natural birth counts for nothing. The natural birth counts for nothing. Why? Because it's by faith. Okay? Human works and effort counts for nothing. It's faith in the promise that births sons. One, uh, John chapter 1 verse 12 to 13 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Look at the use of the word son there. Look at the use of the word son in this, in this, in this verse, uh, John chapter 1. Okay? A higher being, it's, it's being used as a higher being represented among lower beings. Okay? 
Son is one who represents you. Son is heir. If you're an heir, you have a birthright. What is your birthright? Think about it for a moment. What do you think your birthright is? I think uh, we would gravitate towards similar things. But let's look at what the Bible says, right? So there's something called birthright. And this birthright in Christ is tied together with your purpose. So your purpose is in your birthright, and your birthright is in Christ. Okay, so that's a good foundation. So what is birthright? It's the right of inheritance or succession in a kingdom. It's the right of inheritance or succession in a kingdom. Psalm 2, we're going to read Psalm 2, verse 7 to 8. David is prophesying about the work of Christ. Okay? And he gives us insight into the inheritance. See, what I'm doing is I'm going into the Old Testament, I'm going into the New Testament, I'm showing you how it all links together, because throughout the Bible, there's a message of Christ. And you know, we often do a disservice. I can take one verse from the New Testament and preach on it for an hour. But often we, we do a disservice because we're not showing how deep the truth is in the Word. And here you're seeing from the whole Bible, almost, okay, the same message. Psalm 2, verse 7 to 8. I will declare the, uh, the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen. Unbelievers for thine inheritance and the utmost parts of the earth for thy possession. So this is God's will. This is God's plan. This is God's purpose. Okay. For the whole earth from the beginning. Okay. What is it? Salvation for everyone. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. What is that verse? Yeah, Jesus quotes this verse in the New Testament. Did you know that? Jesus quotes this verse in the New Testament. Okay? Apart from boot campers, I would, would, would make a, gra a grand offer of even a hundred rand or more or something if someone could guess this. But I'm not going to do that. Okay? That would be entertaining. But, you know what it is? Matthew chapter 28. Go into the world and make disciples. That's what God is talking about here. The whole Bible's message, the purpose of the Bible is salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The message of the Bible is not marriage. When it speaks about marriage, Paul gave us some insights and he said, I'm not speaking about marriage, I'm speaking about your relationship with Christ. And yet we forget that and we teach marriage. That's not marriage, that's your, your, your birthright. Okay? In scriptures, birthright refers to the right of the son born first in a family to inherit his father's possession and authority to continue the father's will, plan, and purpose on the earth in image, dominion, and participation in God's work on the earth. A son is one who inherits the plan, purpose, and responsibilities and continues them on earth. So if you're a son of God because of your faith, you have inherited, your birthright is the plan, the purpose, and the responsibilities of God, and you continuing them on earth. Okay? 
So the Great Commission didn't start in Matthew chapter 28. Okay? Israel, just like Abraham, and just like you and me, saved people today, we are meant to, do, to be agents of God, representing Him in the earth and doing His will, His purpose on earth. Israel, just like the church, was never meant to be a special bless me club. Just, uh, you know, if anyone wants to join, you can join, but that's it. Okay? We, you know, the, we are blessed children of God, but what is the purpose of the blessing? What is the, the purpose of being saved and being blessed? Israel was, well, uh, failed in, in this office, and, and, I, and I hope that after today's message, You'll be stirred up not to fail in your purpose. Israel was not chosen, a chosen nation to stand alone, but a chosen nation to be the first fruits of what God intended for all the earth. First fruits. We're going to look at that in a bit. But you know, they were supposed to take the gospel, this message, the voice of God, and proclaim it throughout the world so that the whole world could be blessed. That was God's intention. They were supposed to do that. But they failed. And this is recorded in the Bible for us, so we won't fail. Okay? Even after their failure, you know what God does? He restates His promise. He continues to restate His promise and say it again and say it again. Numbers chapter 14, verse 21 to 22. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice. What does it mean not to heed the voice of God? Not to believe the message. Exodus, or we need to remember what God said to Moses in the beginning. Okay, Exodus 8 verse 1. The Lord spoke unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. There's purpose in there. Why, what was the purpose of Israel being free? To start a bless me club. No, to serve God. And so now we need to look at what does it mean to serve God? A life of praise is not living a life of just walking around saying, praise Jesus, hallelujah, praise God. You can be saying that and not praising God, actually. A life of praise is living in His purpose. And if you're not living in His purpose, you're not worshiping. You can be the best singer in the room, and if you're not living a life of praise by serving God's purposes, doesn't matter. You can be doing a lot of service, for God even, under the name of God, and if it's not linked up with His purpose, you're failing. But there's good news. We'll get there. Okay? There's a reason for salvation, and the reason is more salvation. Be fruitful and multiply. That's the reason for your salvation. Salvation's purpose is so that we can serve His will, His purpose in all the earth. Salvation is not God satisfying your needs. This is important. So think about your, your most uh, uh, searched sermons on your YouTube or whatever you're doing. Okay, Most of the time, we search what's going to serve our purposes so that we can learn something that's going to bless us. Okay, But that's not the purpose of salvation. Salvation's purpose and function is that we fulfill God's desire. Not God fulfills our desire. 
And yes, God wants to bless you. He wants to serve you. He wants to minister to you. But it's not about you. It's something bigger than that. Okay? 1 Timothy chapter 2, again, 3 to 4. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. This is God's desire. This is God's purpose. Exodus 19, verse 5 to 6. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, what does that mean? If you will believe my message and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure. Where is this written? Exodus. A peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. This is what God desired for Israel. This exodus, this is what God desired for Israel. And they didn't get it. But it's fulfilled in Christ. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 is quoting Exodus 19. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So the new birth brings us into this ministry, brings us into this purpose. So we could say that the new birth brings your birthright. Okay? The new birth brings this birthright. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9 in the Passion says, But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience His marvelous light, and now He claims you as His very own. He did this so that you would broadcast His glorious wonders throughout the earth. See, the other version, uh, New King James says, uh, to proclaim the praise of Him. Uh, Passion says that you would broadcast His glorious wonders. What is broadcasting His glorious wonders is your purpose. What is that purpose? It's preaching the gospel. Look at the King James in uh, Genesis chapter 128. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply. This is what we're talking about. Okay? You got born again. And then God says to you, be fruitful, multiply. Replenish the earth, subdue it, take dominion. <clears throat> or, in other words, go into all the world and make disciples. Or, in other words, uh, uh, broadcast His glorious wonders throughout the world. So this is our birthright. Let's look at a, a chunk of Scripture now. First um, Chronicles, chapter 16. Verse 8 to 36. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms uh, unto Him. Talk ye of all His wondrous works. Glory ye in His holy name. And let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Remember His marvelous works that He has done them. Uh, his wonders and all and the judgments of his mouth. Next one. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God, his judgments are in all the earth. Be ye mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, even of the, the covenant which he made with Abraham, and of his oath unto Isaac, and hath confirmed the same to Jacob for a law, 
and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying unto thee, I will give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when ye were but a few, even a few, and strangers in it. And when they went from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared among above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols. But the Lord has made, uh, the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in His presence. Strength and gladness are in His place. This is talking about purpose. Look at Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 8. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the, off the, the firstborn of his flock and, their f and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Why? Why? Why did God accept the one offering and not the other? Is it because he prefers beef? But he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry. And his countenance fell, and the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they went into the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Okay? Look at the word firstborn there. Okay? The King James puts it as firstlings. From that Hebrew word, Bekorah, we get birthright. So you see birthright in this story of Cain and Abel. The issue was not steak and salad. <laughs> what was the issue? It was birthright. Okay? Abel res had respect and honor for his birthright. Cain did not. To the point where he murdered Abel in dishonor of the birthright. Okay, Genesis chapter 4 verse 14. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from, the face, from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me. So this is what Cain now says after being found out that he killed Abel. Okay, now this is where a lot of your uh, questions might be answered that have nothing to do with birthright. <laughs> okay? Some questions that you might have. What would we think God should do to someone like Cain when he got caught out? Now think about that and look what God doesn't do to him. Okay? Verse uh, 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. So now he's cursed. Okay? But he doesn't have any problems bearing children. Isn't that interesting? So being cursed doesn't mean you, don't, you can't have kids. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, uh, let's move on. Verse uh, 17. And Cain knew his wife and she conceived. There you go. 
he had disobeyed God, he had done all these problems, and yet he still was fruitful in, 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 in having children. And, it's, and it says he built a city. That's pretty impressive, don't you think? And he named the, the, the name of that city after the name of his son, Enoch. So he was cursed, but he wasn't poor. Hello. He was cursed, but he, he wasn't poor. He even built a city. You can't build a city if you have poverty. Okay, maybe it, even, even to have cardboard boxes to build a city would be something. To have enough cardboard boxes. Cain hated Abel because of the birthright. Jesus makes a comment about this. Look at it in uh, Matthew chapter 23, verse 34 to 37. Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come, that on you may come uh, uh, all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of whatever, <laughs> whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those uh, who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children uh, together as a hen gathers her chicks under the wings, but you were not willing. You know what that's saying? It's saying that the issue with Cain and Abel was persecution to hinder the gospel. The issue with, with Cain and Abel was persecution to hinder the gospel, the message, the voice of God going into all the world. Jesus is explaining that this is what took place there. Abel was a prophet that was killed because of his testimony of salvation, of what God was wanting to do in all the world. And there are so many cases of this throughout the Bible. We're not going to get to all of them today at all. Genesis chapter 6 verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah... The word Noah, or the name Noah, means rest, or a place of rest, or a temple. Rest is the opposite of chaos. Okay? Rest is the opposite of chaos. Rest, resting in God is where there is no chaos. Okay? So Noah finds grace. What does that mean? Grace is available. If Noah found grace in, the, in Genesis, then that means grace was available in? Genesis. How could Noah find grace in someone who destroys? I'm asking, think about that for a moment. Okay? Etienne can clean this up. How could Noah find grace in someone who destroys? Grace is compassion. Grace is kindness, loving kindness. Noah found a savior in God. If God is the savior, he's not the destroyer. Okay, let's think about Noah a little bit here. After Noah found out that God is the Savior, you know what he did? Because here comes God, he's like, I want you to build a boat. And he finds out that God's a Savior. Why was God wanting him to build a boat, an ark? Because he wanted to save. Okay, it's very higher grade. And so what did Noah do when he found out that God is a Savior? He preached for 120 years trying to warn people so that they would be saved. And yet we have this picture of an angry God just wanting to slaughter people. We've got to change our picture of this. Okay? We've got to change our picture of this. 
Because God, 120 years shows us God is long-suffering. God is long-suffering. After Noah found out that God is the Savior, he preached the plan of God for salvation from coming judgment for 120 years. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 19 to 21. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was uh, preparing, wherein a few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? Look at verse 9 and uh, 15 from that same chapter. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Men, some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, with not willing that any should perish, but should, all should come to repentance. How many people does God want to perish? None. Is God the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes. So when we read our Bibles, especially in the Old Testament, we've got to think a little bit. God didn't change. Verse 15, And, the, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. So the work of the Spirit is never destruction. The work of the Spirit is always salvation. Okay, we see that throughout the Word, throughout the Bible, which means the work of the Spirit in you is salvation. The work of the Spirit through you is salvation. Okay? Yeah, I hear many... It, it, this is, it seems very popular in Africa. And I, 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 I have a lot of testimonies of this going on. You can see it online if you go and Google it, how people pray against their enemies. And they curse them in, in church. I mean, Pastor Isaac, our, our, our sister church in, in Harare, he was, he, years back he told me about his, his previous church that he, he was in for a while, a leader in. And he said how they would all come with eggs to church. Now you're wondering, what are they going to do with the eggs? <laughs> and they would write on the egg the name of their enemy, and then they would do spiritual warfare and throw the eggs against the wall. <laughs> Did you ever do that? God will? No, 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 just check it. <laughs> I'm just checking, you know. Yeah, like, like, uh, yeah. You, and we, we want to think that that's maybe just in Africa. A very, 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 very well-known pastor around the world. I, I read, a, a, I don't know if it was Twitter a few years back or whatever, but he had had a big fall in ministry, and then he came back into ministry, and um, the people who were fathering him and mentoring him through his restoration uh, had said, you know, you're not ready for this. This is premature. You need to, you need to submit to us and allow the, the process. And he refused. And so he stepped out of the restoration from people who loved him to start a church. And he started the, a, a church. And when he announced the church online, obviously a lot of other leaders and stuff were criticizing him for it. And you know what he put on, put on there? He puts the verse from the Old Testament there. Whoever blesses me, God says I will bless. And whoever curses me, God says I will curse. So you must be careful that you're not speaking against the Lord's anointed. I mean, where's that in Jesus? You don't see that in Jesus. Because there's a misunderstanding of what's going on. The work of the Spirit is salvation. The work of God on earth is by the Spirit. The Spirit of God works in the earth by, by us and through us. 
So the Spirit of God in us is how God inspires His activity on the earth. God's not going to do anything apart from His Spirit in you. God's never going to do anything apart from us and Him together. Noah responded positively to the Spirit of God. Responded positively to the voice of God. And the work of the Spirit to redeem and save mankind from darkness and destruction. Noah did not despise his birthright. Okay? Noah saw compassion in God's eyes. He saw that God was compassionate and wanted to rescue and save. And so that was the message he carried. And yet we see so many Christians, you, you become like the God that you serve. So they think God is just this angry person, so then they run off with an angry message. <laughs> but if we see a loving, compassionate God, we're going to fulfill our birthright by pro proclaiming a loving message, a, a message of um, salvation. So Noah becomes a man through which God is trying to convince people to be saved. And so Noah becomes a prophet or a spokesperson for God there. And the purpose of the, the work of the Spirit was salvation, not destruction. So let's, uh, I want a, a few more verses just to close this, this off. Genesis chapter 18, verse 18. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Okay, 22 verse 18. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. God's desire is always, I want to bless, I want to bless, I want to rescue, I want to save. And you can see it's through people. Genesis 26, 3-5. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath by which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of the heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. We see here, what is Abraham's purpose or his appointment? Spokesperson. Okay, he wants, he's called to be a prophet, a spokesperson for God, not a businessman. God never calls someone to be a businessman for him. There's businessmen in the church, and we appreciate them, and that's you using your skills and your gifts and your talents to be able to make money, to look after your family, to be able to help advance the kingdom. 100% right. But you're not called to be a businessman, you're called to be a spokesperson. We're all called, like, no one's called to do anything except be a spokesperson. That's your birthright. That's your purpose. Okay? Our purpose has nothing to do with material wealth, except that we need material wealth to be able to live, to be able to be a blessing, to be able to advance the kingdom. Okay? Genesis chapter 17, 19 to 21, and God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, the firstborn, I have heard thee, behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall, beget, shall he beget, and I will make him a, a, a great nation, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac. So Isaac will be his firstborn son. 
and Sarah shall bear unto, uh, unto thee at this time in the next year. Uh, Genesis chapter 21, verse 12 and 13, And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of thy bondwoman, in all that Sarah hath said unto thee, Hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because of thy seed. Now, what is the seed? Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. Christ did this so that God's blessing promised to Abraham might come through Jesus Christ to those who are not Jews. Jesus died so that by our believing we could receive the spirit that God promised. So this is saying this has nothing to do with a physical Israel. It's got to do with faith. Those that are physically born into that still have to believe, hearken unto the voice of God, the message of God, believe it, in order to fulfill the, uh, be, be blessed with faithful Abraham. Look at that verse in the, the voice. It says, This is what God had in mind all along. That the blessing He gave to Abraham might extend to all nations. So I like how this version puts it, because God's purpose was the blessing to all nations, not just Israel. Okay? God's blessing in our lives is not just for us as believers. God wants us to be blessed so we can be a blessing to the whole world. What is that blessing? It's got nothing to do with material wealth, but it's going to take material wealth to be able to get it to the ends of the earth. Okay? Um, uh, let's read that verse again. This is what God had in mind all along. The blessing He gave to Abraham might extend to all nations through the anointed one, Jesus. And we are the beneficiaries of the promise of the Spirit that comes through faith. This comes through faith, not through birth. It comes through rebirth. So this is what the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of reality is explaining to us through Paul in Galatians now. Okay? That the blessing of, a what the blessing of Abraham is really about. What is the blessing of Abraham really about? Salvation. For all men. And what is salvation? The Spirit of God dwelling in the man. Okay? This is what pleases God. So I had someone years back ask me a question of what pleases God. Our immediate answer is Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 usually. Without faith it's impossible to please God. But we think in terms of believing for something. Believing for healing. It's got nothing to do with that. What pleases God? Salvation. If you're saved, you please God. Now you live a life of praise by doing something with that salvation. If you do something with that salvation in terms of uh, being fruitful and multiplying, being part of making disciples, then you're bringing praise to God. Then you're fulfilling your birthright. Okay? But a lot of believers do nothing with that. How, how do we... Uh, uh, um, let me just, just, just finish this quickly. Galatians 3.29, NIV. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. So an heir is someone who inherits. What we inherited, what did you inherit from God when you got born again? What did you inherit? Think about it. What did you inherit? Okay, it wasn't the big bucks. You inherited the Spirit. And with the Spirit of God that now dwells in you, you inherited a ministry. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17 to 21. Okay? 
And that ministry is to take the same spirit that you've received and give it to other people. That's your purpose. Okay? Anything else is just a, a distraction. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, the new living, says, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So, if, if whoever's believers here, I'm looking at the true children of Abraham. Not, it's got nothing to do with physical Israel or natural Jews. We are heirs, which means we are possessors of the birthright that was passed down from the beginning. From you know, Abel's faith till today. It's the same, same story, same faith throughout the Bible. The promise is that we are blessed in Christ. Blessed with what? Blessed with the Spirit. For what purpose? Not so you can have goosebumps. Not so that you can have a nice life. Because the call to salvation is sometimes not a nice life. If you don't believe me, go speak to believers in, in closed countries who for living for Jesus will get slaughtered for Jesus. How? The, the, the question is now. Yes, we're blessed. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. For what purpose? To the praise of His glory. What does that mean? To the praise of His glory is me preaching the gospel or giving money into the bucket so that we can preach the gospel further. It's me living a life which uh, uh, backs up the gospel. It's me obviously being kind and good and all of this for the purpose of preaching the gospel. It's all of these things together so that we can reach more people. So we are, we, uh, uh, there's a continual flow of this salvation, this blessing which we've received. It's not just full-time workers and missionaries and pastors who are called to this birthright. Our purpose as people at the pulpit are to equip you to fulfill your birthright. The problem is, is a lot of believers don't know that this is your birthright. Your birthright is now the call of God on your life to be able to be a blessing in all the world by taking the gospel to, to share it to the ends of the earth. How many people are blessed through us? That's the challenging question we've got to think. How many people are blessed through you? How many people are born again through you? And you giving towards mission trips and, and towards the ministry, you're part of whatever we're doing. It's not just the person who says, pray after me. <laughs> it's the person who funded that person to get there. Okay? Yeah. We're either operating in our birthright or we're not. And there's a lot more that I can share on this, but I'll just finish off with this one thought. Why? You're saved by grace through faith. You're saved by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. God loves you just the way you are. I want to throw in that He loves you too much to leave you like that. That's why there's such a thing as called discipleship. You get discipled out of the way you are to become what He is. Amen? But here's the thing. If we despise our birthright, and I've got a lot of examples of people despising their birthright. The number one example today was Adam. The, the number two example was Cain. Because Cain killed his brother because he despised the birthright. 
And then there's many other examples. We despise our birthright by saying, I want to do something else. And what are the consequences of that? Can I tell you one big thing that will not happen? You will not lose your salvation. Isn't that awesome? God loves us so much that you'll never lose your salvation. You're secure. You can't get unborn. But here's the thing, and we've got a whole teaching on that if you're confused. But here's the thing with regards to this. Functioning in your birthright determines your rewards when you get to heaven. And that's something we often don't talk about. I've still got, I don't know how many slides, maybe 30 slides talking about that. <laughs> we'll see if Etienne affords me the opportunity to share that with you. But that, that's, that's the thing. Is there's a huge, this is something that we don't often focus on because we're, we're worried about my life now. We're worried about different things that we need to fo focus on now. So we don't think about the next life and the fact that we're all going to stand before the judgment seat. What does that mean? You're not going to lose your salvation at the judgment seat. But you might need some tears wiped away from your eyes as a believer because you walk away from there with nothing into eternity. Yet God's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. What is a good and faithful servant? Years back, this really impacted me. Some famous um, sportsman, South African sportsman, died. And so everyone was posting about them. And the guy was a Christian, and I don't know much about him, but I laughed at this situation because someone I know posted about him and said he's getting his well-done, good and faithful servant. And I said, for what? For being a Christian sportsman. You don't get well done for, for being a sportsman and being a Christian. You don't get a well done for being a good Christian businessman. You don't get a, good, a well done for being a good husband or a good wife. You don't get a good well done for, for being a good whatever. You get well done for being a good and faithful servant. A servant is someone who does what the master wants them to do. And the master wants us to take his message of salvation to the ends of the earth. So that all nations, all people could be blessed through us. That's our purpose. And yet, you go and Google it, and you go look at the most popular preachings and stuff on TV or on the internet, and this isn't what was what, very popular. Why? Because it doesn't feel good. Because now it's responsibility. What do I do with this message? This is living a life of praise, living in your purpose. And when we despise our birthright, we're not living in our purpose. And that's when frustrations come in our lives. That's when lots of different things can happen. Usually, I hesitate to say this because I don't know everyone in the room, so I don't know, I'm not thinking of anyone when I say this, but usually people who need the most counseling are the ones who are despising their birthright. Why? Because they're bored. They're not living life on purpose. They're not living life for a purpose. I've got problems as much as anyone else has problems, but I don't have time to think about my problems and meditate on my problems and go for counseling for my problems. I deal with them and I move on in living for Him, in being a blessing and however I can. Amen? You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. 
Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca